Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, since uh, the kids left, we're left here. Amen. Just us. And so um, our text for this series that we're talking about, Relationships with God, Genesis 2 and 7. Uh, we'll finish up this series tonight. Amen. And we'll see what the Lord has for next week. Genesis 2 and 7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Amen. Turn to you few people, greet them in the name of the Lord. You may be seated tonight. Man, our, our relationship with God is what we've been talking about, diving into the past few weeks. And we're moving from uh, the, the category of enemy of God to the friend of God. And we, we know that humility is always going to lead us to God. And pride always leads us away from God. Uh, James 4 and 6 says, but he giveth more grace... Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. I don't know about you, but I could always use a little bit more grace, right? All the grace that I can get, amen. And the word says that if you need grace, then all you need to do is to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he's going to pour out some grace in your life and cover up some of your mistakes and, uh, and pat you on the back and say, let's get up and let's do a, do a better job, amen. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't condemn us, uh, that he, he'll convict us and he, he draws us to uh, repentance, um, but uh, we are not uh, condemned by him. And, and so uh, that is precisely why uh, being proudful and refusing to humble themselves, that is precisely why an enemy of God is the enemy of God. Uh, you got to humble yourself and repent and live your life in accordance and obedience to the Word of God. And so, and then, uh, and then you come to find out that there is a completely different way of living once you've uh, repented and you start uh, aligning yourself with the Word of God. Uh, that a, 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 as dark and as evil as this world is, there is hope. Uh, there is hope, even though it, it looks dark and grim out there. I'm here to tell you there's still hope in, in Jesus Christ. There's still good. Amen. As the world is dwindling away, there is hope not only for a better life in this world, uh, but also something to look forward to after the vapor of this life vanishes away. Amen. We have a promise uh, that there is life to come, everlasting life to come. And all of that is found through the grace of God and the relationship that God has with those that he calls friends. And as we have been exploring, uh, friends of God is a, is a broad term. It's, it's not really used too often in Scripture, just a few little hints, a uh, few little mentions here and there. Uh, but the word church is used more frequently, and I think we can easily interject that word as well as the same meaning. Uh, and so within this category of church or friend of God, 
we, we've seen different uh, relationships, uh, words that are used to describe uh, at least what appears to be maybe a different type of relationship. Uh, we looked into uh, the children of God. We are now the sons of God, the daughters of God, and so he is our heavenly father. Uh, and, and so that kind of expresses or at least points out to uh, an individual relationship with you and you and your heavenly father. And um, uh, we receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, and, and so that begins that relationship. And w when we're born again, that begins that new relationship of, of a heavenly father with uh, a, a son or daughter of God. And so, and, and then last week we started looking into other relationships described in Scripture and the terms body of Christ and bride of Christ are also found. Uh, and as we talked about, and it, that indicates to us uh, there is only one body of Christ and there is one bride of Christ. And there are many sons and many daughters of God uh, because, again, that expresses an individual relationship. But uh, there seems to be, we found that uh, there's a coming together uh, there's a move from the individual to uh, the body of Christ. And we saw in Scripture that that is a, a unique relationship is kind of formed when that happens. When individual members come together and unite for a purpose, uh, we see that God uh, takes notice of that. Matthew 18 and 19, again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on, any, on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. And so there is power when we come together as the body of Christ and as the bride of Christ. And if we want to see the devil's kingdom come down, and if, if we want to see revival happen, then the people of God need to understand and know that we need to come together and be united in one mind and one accord for God's will to be done. That's what's going to shake up this city. That's what's going to shake up Lee County when, when we put aside our differences and we put aside our thoughts and we lay down our preferences and we say, let's, let's let God have his way. It's not about us, but it's about God and his will to be done. And so when the body of Christ, when we, the believers come together and, and we believe and agree in that, that's when we can see God really do some great things. Not to diminish the fact that uh, he does great things through us individually. Uh, but as we uh, identified, something seems to be unique when we come together. And, and so what, uh, what does that look like being the bride of Christ and the body of Christ? What does that look like? We, we explored the sons and daughters kind of aspect, but uh, the bride of Christ, we'll start with the bride of Christ. And uh, as a father and as a parent, uh, our duty is to protect our children and to to nurture them so that they will grow up and become a, a mature adult and, and, and uh, a well-functioning uh, citizen to help help everybody, you know, help, help add to the world and, and make it a better place. Uh, and so there is no doubt that our kids can grab our attention, and they do in many ways. They grab our attention, good and bad. 
but with a with a simple cry or a plea for help or a scream, uh, uh, a cry or an audible noise gets the attention of of the father or the pair the mother. Uh, all we got to do is hear that cry, and we know we got to go. And there's something going on. Many times, the silence also gets our attention as well. They're a little too quiet. And so they don't always have to scream and, and beat each other up. Sometimes they're just little, being a little sneaky, and uh, that will get your attention as well. Uh, so um, uh, so usually with children, it's a cry, We're crying out to our, our parents for help or, or aid and assistance. Um, but let me tell you that my wife and my bride, she doesn't have to say anything to get my attention. I could be with my kids and goofing off or whatever we're doing, uh, and my eyes glance over, and there's my wife sitting on the couch, and she can just be giving me a look, and she gets my attention. I don't know how things work in your household, but my wife doesn't have to say anything, and there's, some, there's a message being transmitted. Kids are screaming everywhere, but mama, when she's looking, there's, she's got your attention. And as important as your kids' needs were, once that your eyes are, are made contact, all of a sudden your kids' needs, they're not important anymore. The, um, there's a message being sent, good or bad. She doesn't need to say a word, and, and we all know what she means because we have maybe have seen that look before. Uh, and, and so I love my kids, and I love my wife, and so... Uh, those are two different relationships with my kids and with my wife. And, and one is, is deeper and more mature than the other relationship. Uh, and, and so this too implies and illustrates uh, the power of us coming together as the bride of Christ, as we are called. And, and again, I'm not belittling our individual relationship with our, with our, with our father I'm just trying to point out that uh, these different words that are used to describe us could be meaning different types of relationships that he has with us uh, and the slight differences in them. And, and so my relationship with my kids are important and my relationship with my wife is important. However, they are different, aren't they? A, a healthy home is not choosing one or the other, but a healthy home is understanding both relationships and giving your all to both relationships and to keep them both healthy and strong and in and, 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 and good standing. Uh, and so even though they're different, um, there's different levels, uh, but understanding that uh, we've got to keep them both healthy and strong. And, and so we see uh, this uh, described in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, uh, wives submit yourselves Unto your husbands as unto the Lord. Now, uh, that that verse is used, can be used uh, quite often, but if that's the only verse that the person knows that's using that, then uh, obviously they're, they're missing out a whole, whole lot because you're just pulling one verse out of uh, to use that. Uh, there's, you know, eight, 18, 20 more verses or whatever, however many more. That's just, uh, again, people like to would use that uh, uh in the wrong context. Uh, and, and so, uh, wives, submit yourself to your husbands as unto the Lord. 
For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. So here we're going into this uh, similarities here that the husband is head of the wife, uh, and so Christ is the head of the church, making these distinctions and connections uh, with husband and wife. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be, un, be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, and uh, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water, uh, water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. And so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. And he that loveth his wife loveth himself. And so obviously this, that part, that verse can be pulled out and uh, directed uh, towards uh, any uh, abusive husbands. Um, uh, you, you, they may use the, the wives submit yourself to your husband's part, but what about um, uh, men love their wives as they love their own bodies. And so if, if they're abusive, then what are they saying? And they're, they're abusive to their own body, which, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't really uh, apply. Uh, and, and so obviously understanding Scripture in context obviously brings light to the, the real meaning of everything. And, and so uh, for no man hath ever hated his own flesh, but he nourisheth it and cherisheth it even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, uh, of his flesh, and of his bones. Uh, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is the great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Uh, again, we've all, it's all been talking about husband and wife, and uh, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife uh, see that she reverence her husband. And, and so the, the, the wife and the husband relationship is a mature relationship. Both are grown adults and uh, should be responsible people and act like them. Uh, and so that's indicative of a, of a, of a mature person. Uh, but along with uh, the man's medical condition of not hearing, there are times that he may revert back to being childish, a boy, playing cowboys and Indians or whatever, whatever the fun thing is that uh, he gets carried off doing. Uh, and, and so he, he often takes a break from being an adult and bearing all the responsibility. And so, yes, keep praying for the men because these conditions are lining up against us. And so we need all the prayer you can get, we can get. Uh, so I, I digress to back to being a husband and wife, being mature people. Uh, scripture says that we, we come together, uh, uh, two shall come together and be one flesh. It doesn't really say that about husband and, uh, it doesn't really say that about father and son or father and daughter, but it speaks that to uh, husband and, and wife. Uh, it's because... They're different relationships. Uh, no, not better or worse. They're just different. 
when the husband and wife come together, there is a, a uniting, there is a, a healing or a nurturing and a, a, a completeness that, that transpires and takes place. And, uh, you know, you found your soulmate or, uh, and, and the, that completeness is there. Uh, and so obviously there's a, there's a physical nurturing that takes place, but also emotional nurturing uh, even spiritual connection that happens when uh, a man and wife come together and get married and, and live the rest of their life together. Uh, there's a bond that forms between these two uh, people. And I'm not just talking about intimacy, but when the husband or wife, when, when, when they're gone for longer than normal time period, things are just not the same. And they're just not the same in the house uh, because there's something special about the husband and wife just coming together and being together in the same household. Things are back in order and things are not out of balance. And, um, uh, you know, when if the, the, the wife leaves and the, the father is left home with the kids, uh, it, can be a, it, can, it can go crazy downhill real quick. But, uh, again, pray for the fathers that are left behind. So um, they, it's kind of probably where they revert back to the childish because there's, you know, instead of two kids in the house, there's three kids now because mom's gone. So, um, but there's something special about husband and wife uh, when you're together. It's a unique relationship between them two. Uh, and, and so when we come together as the church, as the bride of Christ, a, a unique relationship is formed. Things are, are, are different than we, when we are kind of out by ourselves. There's a different dynamic, be, again, because of the coming together uh, of all of us. The, the bride has formed and the bride has assembled. The, the church is together. And, and Jesus comes to be with his church. He comes to be with his bride. Uh, it's both a, a dynamic experience, but it also can be a dangerous one because you, you, we, you or we, you and I, whatever, we, we could uh, abandon our relationship with our Father all week long. By our actions, we, we, we kind of make ourselves an orphan. We have a Father, but if we never spend time with Him, we are making ourselves an orphan because we, we don't take the time out to, to talk and, and be with our Father. Uh, and, and so the danger is, is that we can show up on Sunday and, and we can feel the power of God and, and believe, be, be led to believe that it is well with my soul. When six days we've been absent, but you show up one day and it, it seems, you know, like normal, everything is fine, but uh, is it really well with our soul? Uh, and, and so... Uh, Jesus said that he's going to show up if there's two or three. It doesn't necessarily mean he's showing up because of you. Maybe there's two or three others who have been, really been calling on the Lord all week long and he's showing up for them and he just happened to be number four. But we, if, if we, can be, we can believe uh, that, hey, this, everything's fine with me because, hey, I still feel his presence and I still uh, worship God on Sunday. Uh, I still uh, uh, felt his presence and, and everything seemed to be fine. But uh, we, that's the danger of showing up on Sunday if we don't do anything all week long. Because then we're telling ourselves everything's fine and that kind of uh, thoughts is not going to 
change any kind of behavior because, again, we're telling ourselves everything's fine all week long because show up on Sunday and, and, and everything's great. Uh, and, and so that can be the danger of, of, of Sunday services and the power of God falling out here uh, if, if we are not doing our part uh, individually throughout the week. And so uh, Jesus is going to show up simply because he said by his word where two or three are gathered. Uh, and so his, his body is coming together, his bride is showing up, and, and the church is coming together and assembling, and Jesus is going to be there in the midst. He doesn't show up because of the sign out there and because this is his required, this is his primary residence. This, he doesn't show up because of the building. He shows up because you and I show up, because we make the, bri- the, the body of Christ. And so... Um, Husbands, when you were dating your future bride, if she uh, called you and let you know that uh, on Saturday at 11 a.m., she's going to be at Taco Bell, do you know who else is going to be at Taco Bell at 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning? It doesn't matter if you hate Taco Bell, you're going to show up and be there because your bride-to-be says, hey, honey, I'm going to be at Taco Bell. And, and so, um, and then she's going to say, oh, I don't know what I want. Let's just share, and I'll take a bite of your taco. <laughs> and then you're like, what? <laughs> and, and so, um, where where the bride is, the bridegroom is going to go. The bridegroom is going to show up wherever the bride is. And, and so, uh, Sunday morning when these doors uh, are unlocked and, and the lights are turned on, it doesn't matter what time of day or night, whenever the bride shows up, the groom is going to be coming. Why? Because the bride is here, and he's coming to see his bride, and he's coming there to be with his love, uh, because the Bible says that Jesus gave his life for the church. He, he He bought her. He paid for us with his blood. That's how much he loves the bride of Christ. And so wherever the bride is, guess who's coming, the groom is going to be coming, and so where two or three are gathered, there he will be in the midst, and so the bride of Christ is a, is a beautiful thing, there is a, there is a maturing in us as the bride of Christ, there is a, a deep, caring, loving, and nurturing relationship that we have with Jesus as his bride, and we, we know how to get a hold of Jesus, we know how to call on his name and, and plead the blood, and uh, the bride of Christ really can get a hold of Jesus like nobody else can. Uh, and so we are illustrated uh, as, uh, with the first humans, Adam and Eve, uh, we in essence kind of become the Eve, we're taken from his body and we are formed, and we are made by the hand of God, and, and we become uh, the helpmeet of, of Him. And two shall become one, and uh, we are deeply devoted to uh, His cares and His wants and His desires, aren't we? Uh, and, and so let me pose this question. Uh, the bride of Christ assembles here on Sunday, uh, and obviously whenever, uh, whenever we decide to get together, uh, the bride of Christ is here, and so, and so we're here. Let's focus Sunday because that's obviously the the main push, the the main uh, service. 
Uh, and so we get here on Sunday, the bride, we assemble here on Sunday, and we want Jesus to have his way. We are his helpmeet, and, and we are the vessels to be used by him to uh, orchestrate and do whatever he wants to be done uh, that day, that moment. Uh, and, and so uh, the Bible also states that no one comes to God unless the Spirit draws them, right? And so when somebody new shows up on Sundays, did, did they just kind of stumble in here on their own and they just took a wrong turn and just ended up in apostolic praise tabernacle? Or did Jesus draw them here? Did Jesus draw them here by his spirit? And so if Jesus invites a guest to come here, at that service, at that time, what should the bride of Christ do? I mean, if that's our our groom, our husband-to-be, and our he invites somebody to this place and we're here, should the bride uh, walk right by them and ignore that person or, or and be super friendly to everyone around them except that person? Should the, should the bride say, well, I see them, but somebody else will make them feel welcome, so I don't really have to go and introduce myself. And again, I, I'm not saying this happens. Uh, I know a lot goes on on Sundays, and but if we are the bride of Christ and we want his will to be done, and his spirit sends somebody to come to the church uh, that's at that appointed time, well, then what, what should we be doing? And ask yourself, when was the last time that you personally greeted somebody a new face? I, I know we have greeters and ushers and guest services and all these things, but we all, all of us, make up the bride of Christ, don't we? And if, if, if Jesus sends a guest here, uh, we all should do our best, make our best effort to at least introduce ourselves and to welcome them because they didn't, I don't think they stumbled in here by themselves. Uh, I think the Bible says it is the, the Spirit draweth them. Uh, and so we have to uh, look at our, every single guest that walks through those doors and say, God sent that person here today. And, and maybe uh, I know we're, we, we talk with each other and we're connected because we're a body and we, we've got relationships that are built with one another. Uh, but if we recognize a new person, we, uh, we need to start thinking, hey, Jesus sent that person here today. And then it's on us and how we respond and how we greet and welcome them. And so the more that we greet Jesus' guests, the better it works out for everybody. Because, again, we're the bride of Christ and we want his will to be done. And so anybody he sends here, we welcome them. And I guess the same could be said for those babies that are born again. As the nurturing bride of Christ, we, we, uh, we are caring, uh, are we not caring only for our children, our literal children, but we also need to be paying attention to the spiritual children uh, that are coming into all of this. Because as the bride of Christ, we, we have that special relationship with Jesus that others uh, may not have, and that special relationship, we can get a hold of Jesus real quick, can't we? Because being his bride, it's bride-to-be. And that relationship uh, that we have with him is not solely 
just for us so that we can move into a deeper walk and a stronger relationship with him and, and to leave others behind. Uh, no, the bride of Christ has the ability to get the attention of the groom, of the almighty God like nobody else. There's nobody else in this world that can get a hold of Jesus than like the church, the church of the living God, the bride of Christ. That's who's going to get a hold of Jesus Christ. And, and we need to understand that and we need to use that relationship to serve and nurture others uh, because that is what we are really called to do. As great as it is for us and you and I and the life that we have, uh, we, we get to the point where we're, we're mature enough and we understand it's not all about me. Sundays are not all about us. Sundays, are, our focus should be who's God sending today? Who's God sending today? The Spirit's drawing people uh, uh, but we need to be a, uh, focused on who uh, God is sending if we want his will to be done. And so, uh, but, but we are not only the bride of Christ, but we are also referred to as the body of Christ. Which could indicate another relationship, uh, right? I mean, it's different wordings. And again, this is all just kind of maybe splitting hairs. Uh, just going off the different words that are used to describe us. And so, uh, so Pastor, you're telling me that all at the same time, uh, I am a son of God or daughter of God, uh, that I'm a joint heir with Christ. I am a part of the bride of Christ, indicative of a mature relationship. And also, I am a part of the body of Christ. Uh, and so what does, what does that look like then? What kind of relationship is that? And if, if the bride has this deep relationship with Jesus that can get him to show up whenever uh, we need him to and wherever we are, wherever we assemble ourselves, Jesus is going to show up because that's where the bride is. Uh, and, and so let's illustrate that as this is a, a vertical relationship. We can, we can get a hold of God like nobody's business, being the bride of Christ. Uh, and so the bride calls for Jesus uh, just by uh, merely showing up and gathering together. And Jesus comes down is in, in, in our midst. And so uh, now Jesus is here in our midst. Where is his body? How is his body manifested if Jesus is here? And obviously we know uh, he's uh, uh, spirit and he has a spiritual resurrected body. Uh, that can walk through walls and all those cool things. But when his spirit, uh, his spirit comes here and manifests itself here, uh, how is his body manifested? Well, you and I, we are the body. We are the body of Christ. And what does the Bible say? That Jesus is the head of the body. So he's the head. He controls everything, your brain and he tells the body what to do, just like we do without even realizing it. But Jesus is here, and we're the rest. Uh, and so when Jesus shows up, the, the head comes down and connects to the body, and, and then his, his will can be done if we submit to the head. And then whatever God wants to do in and through us, because we, be, we are the vessels of the Holy Ghost, and whatever God wants to do, uh, he can do, because we submit ourselves to him. And so... Uh, you and I are here to help manifest his presence to this world. 
as the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 says, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, uh, and have uh, been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but it is many members. For if the foot shall say, because I am not the foot, I am not uh, of the body, is therefore, uh, is it therefore not the body? And so uh, we obviously understand this. Our foot just can't just, our foot just can't say, well, I'm out of here. Uh, I'm not being a part of you anymore. Uh, and so this is the uh, uh, getting into the importance of, of unity in the body uh, when we start examining members of the body. And, and verse 16, if the ear shall say, uh, because I am not the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, uh, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, then where were the smelling? Uh, but now uh, hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it has pleased him. Uh, and so he's, Paul's describing that everybody is different. Everybody is a different part of the body. Uh, and so you cannot say, well, I'm not a part of the body. Well, if you're here and you've been born again, uh, you're part of the body of Christ. And so we all have a place in the body. We are all we are positioned in the body. And so God has called you here to be a part of his body as it pleases him. So your opinion and my opinion of any member of the body is irrelevant. Because how can the hand... Start talking to the foot and say, I don't, I don't want you here. Hand doesn't have that authority. Uh, hand's just a hand. Uh, and so uh, how does our opinion supersede God's opinion? The Bible says we're all part of the body and uh, 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 every one of them is assembled together as it pleases him. And so he puts the body together. We just have to surrender and submit ourselves to him. And, and God says, okay, I got another part here put together, and I'm going to put you over here. Uh, I think a lot of times, uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe, we, we may think we're uh, an important part of the body. We may think we're the hand. Uh, and, and But really, we're the armpit. And we're walking around like we're the hand. Thinking, we're thinking we're something, and God says, no, nah, that's not, you're the armpit, pal. You know? So that's the problem when we try to, you know, uh, compare ourselves with what with our with each other. Paul says that's not wise. Uh, we just need to submit to him, and and he'll arrange us as he sees fit. We're just happy to be here, be a part of the body. And nobody is the head of the body. Only Jesus Christ is the head, and so all members are subject to the head. Even me, uh, uh, the pastor, I could be the I could be the pinky toe in all of this, you know. Just because I'm the pastor doesn't mean I'm, I'm, I'm some unique party. I mean, what part of your body is more important than the other parts? They all work together, don't they? Uh, and so um, uh, we don't get to decide uh, who is who and who is what and if they belong or not. Like, we're all part of the body. We're assembled as it pleases him. 
Verse 19, now if uh, they were all one member, uh, were, where were the body? But now there are many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Every member, every part is necessary.